Hello and welcome to the 24-7 Sports College Basketball Show. I'm your host, Trey Scott, joined by college basketball's all-time career assist king, Jerry Meyer. Jerry, we have so much to talk about, and last night, the NBA draft's decision deadline was like so busy that we're leaving the following things on the table. We're not even going to discuss today that a former Fab Five member is headed back to Michigan. Wolverines have hired Juwan Howard. We're not going to discuss that the Hauser brothers are splitting up, going to Virginia and Michigan State. And we almost left on the table the number five recruit in the country headed to New Zealand. But we will discuss RJ Hampton in a little bit. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great. <clears throat> yeah? They're, yeah, uh, ready, ready to talk. Ready to talk. Uh, before we get started, we'd love for you guys to take a moment and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Leave us a five-star review. We're also available on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts. If you're listening to this on the 24-7 Sports Media Embed, just hover over that subscribe button, click on the icon you want, and do it to it. So, last night was the deadline. We're recording on, on Thursday, May 30th. Last night was the deadline for players who had declared for the draft to either stay in it or pull out. And it, you know, I think, Jerry, as we should look at it, well, let's look at it from the college side. It kind of was a, a big night for college basketball, it felt like. It got, kind of got some wins back. Yeah, <clears throat> I agree. Got my attention. Yeah. Uh, was- some interesting developments. Uh, the two on my mind are Kerry Blackshear and Quentin Grimes. I thought those were kind of the knuckleballs. Let's start with Blackshear. Mm-hmm. Uh, pull, comes out of the draft. It was is likely going to grad transfer from Virginia Tech, though they have a new coach, because we will get to Grimes as Kansas, as it relates to Kansas in a little bit. Blackshear. You were surprised? I was surprised on the level. <clears throat> I, th- I think he would have been a late first-round pick, um, at least how I viewed him. I think he's a very talented player, and I just put it this way. There's a lot of guys who I don't think are nearly as good who did stay in the draft. Um, I just thought he would stay in. <clears throat> thought he was one of the top big men. And um, so now, I mean, you, I think you have to look at Texas A&M with buzz over there and look at florida where he's from kentucky's getting some buzz too they are but that's a little tough for me to see i mean certainly he might go there i don't i do not know the ins and outs or have any inside info on this other than just kind of the obvious putting things together and kind of knowing a profile of the player but kentucky is just so crowded right now with all their guys coming back and they already got one transfer uh, just playing for Buzz at Texas A&M, or going, you know, playing for the Gators uh, back in his home state of Florida, just seemed to really make sense. Blackshear averaged 15 points, seven and a half rebounds, 2.4 assists per game, six foot ten. Great player, as Jerry mentioned. Kansas, Quentin Grimes, he announces he's pulling out of the draft, as Devin Dotson does. And then Grimes, 30 minutes later, Kansas announces he's entering the transfer portal. I think Kansas saw this coming. They had a press release ready. Bill Self, no one seemed, like, shocked. You said something on Twitter that was interesting. You said, okay, I'd like – I think his next home will be where he is a point guard. Yeah, because that's what he is. And I know a lot of Kansas fans don't see that because he did not look that great his freshman year. Well, I've seen Quentin Grimes look great. I've – I've scouted him, I guess, since his sophomore year in high school. And 
he's a little different. He's always reminded me like of a Darren Williams type point guard, that big guy who's also has a burst. Good shooter, not great shooter, although he didn't really shoot that well at Kansas. He's capable of making shots. But, you know, what I saw with Quentin Grimes this year is I, I don't disagree with anything Kansas did. Uh, I think Devin Dotson's better. I think Devin Dotson for sure better for what Kansas wanted to do. And in a, in a college situation like that as the point guard. But I've been there myself as a former point guard. When you get knocked off the ball – it's it's can be such an uncomfortable situation. It doesn't play to your strengths. Um, it's not your team, and so a lot of times you can see a guy look worse. It's kind of demasculating in a sense. And so, you know, the irony here is I'm saying Quentin Grimes needs to play point guard to be his best. I'm sure he got feedback that hey, you're not ready, but you need to get ready as a point guard to get it done as an NBA player. Um, that's what we're viewing you as. That's what you need to be. Kind of the irony is then Kansas fans watched him this year and they didn't think he looked like a good point guard. But, you know, that's a limitation of him. I'm not here to make excuses for him, but it is a fact. A player gets out of his comfort zone. He's not – he loses confidence. He's not playing his normal role on a team. So then when he does have those moments to play point guard – it just he doesn't look the same. He's not the same player. That's that's my diagnosis on it. Kentucky, Marquette, Texas, and Arizona were those in the mix for for Grimes. He's out of the Woodland, Texas. I think it's interesting. We're seeing players who aren't going to be drafted going professional, and just saying, okay, I'll figure this out in your or Spain or I guess that's the same thing. And then we see Grimes who has a ton of talent. He was the number ten recruit in the country in the twenty four seven Sports composite. And he's transferring, so he is going to probably sit out a year unless the NCAA f- transfer waiver rules that have been so lax in football carry over to basketball. So instead, so he's choosing college. He's choosing a, a sit-out year in college over an opportunity to essentially develop again. Well, that's what we think, unless maybe he's in New Zealand. <laughs> that's true. Or he's in China or, you know – that's a good point. That, that could very well happen. That that would be a little odd to me because it's tough for me to see him going to a, overseas and, like, taking over the team at point guard. I, to me, that's what makes sense for him. But, you know, maybe he just wants out of Kansas and maybe they're like, let's make some money. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe he goes G League, you know? Yeah. I was really excited about Kansas. Kansas is night. And like before Grimes decided to announce, or they announced that he would transfer, or whatever he's going to do, because they get Dotson back, so they have two five-star talents coming back. Yudoka Azubuki had already decided he wasn't even going to declare for the draft. Silvio De Sosa was finally ruled eligible, and so he he's coming back to Kansas too. So I thought Kansas was a big winner, and Kevin Flaherty at Twenty Four Seven Sports this morning published a uh, winners and losers of the NBA draft uh-huh. decision deadline. He mentions Kansas too, Jerry. Uh, Kansas now will have one of the best and deepest front courts in the country to pair with its jet quick point guard, and they look like a top 10 team. Tell me about Devin Dotson. Uh, you saw him, uh, of course, a town out of high school. Do you – I mean, were, if he had stayed in the draft, I don't, I don't think he would have been 
a, a highly coveted talent, but he seems like a really good college player. Oh, he is a really good college player, and I feel like he'll be a good NBA player. I he probably wouldn't project it as a first-round pick. Um, you know, shooting can improve, and he is on the small side. <clears throat> but he is a dynamic player, man. Great heart, great intangibles. He, he's a competitor. And he, even though he's small on the small side, he has a physicality to him. Uh, he brings a lot of strength physically and mentally and psychologically to the court. And, you know, so – He's going to be your point guard. <laughs> like Devin Dodson's kind of that guy. No, coach, I'm going to be your point guard or I'm out the door. <laughs> he brings that kind of just energy, leverage, aggressiveness, bravado. And in a sense, and, and this is, you know, not to Quentin Grimes' credit, it almost looked to me, you know, and I didn't study Kansas as much as the Kansas faithful, but almost like the stronger Dotson grows, almost a little bit the weaker Grimes got. I mean, I just got a sense of that, you know, just my, my intuition. Uh, Grimes is just not the player I knew him to be this year. And I'm not blaming Dotson, but I think Dotson may, may have been intimidating. I mean, maybe we're looking at a deal where Grimes, you know, is going to have to take it up a notch, you know, as far as toughness and mental toughness. But, you know, I think all athletes have been in tough spots like this. I expect Quentin Grimes, whenever he does get back on the court, to be a much better player. I get the sense, obviously, since we cite your career stats at the beginning of the podcast, that you were not the type of point guard who would make it difficult for others to play with. Uh, not on the court. No. No, because I – I mean, I'm not saying I was always easy to play with. I mean, I was tough on teammates. You can ask our CEO, Shannon Terry, about that. Because we had an interesting relationship because he was always inbounding the ball to me. And we tried to run off made when we got scored on. Um, I, was, my focus was winning. And I also was focused on myself. And I knew in my self-interest, I needed guys to make shots. <laughs> I mean, I was trying to do something as an assist guy. Mm -hmm. I, I've always said I was the most selfish assist man that had ever played basketball i mean i coveted and wanted assist would you pass so yeah up i'm not gonna for assist huh would you pass up easy shots for yourself uh no but i wouldn't pass it to you if i didn't think you were gonna make gotcha. it gotcha. <laughs> you know i was finding the guy that i believed in and so yeah man i i wasn't the type and plus i, I had this because i was a baseball pitcher uh, my whole life I chose not to play in college but I was, you know, I learned as a baseball pitcher, a guy makes an error behind you, you don't show him up. You know, you you keep going. And you, in fact, you encourage him because you don't want him to make another error. Right. It's not in your self-interest. <laughs> you know, it's not – it's in your self-interest to have emotional control. So, yeah, I, I, I'm not trying – you know, I bring all this up to say it's not because I, I think I was a great person or anything – I, I think I was smart. <laughs> I knew it, it's in everyone's interest that we encourage each other and we try to keep things, you know, more on the positive edge. We, we want our teammates to play better. Louisville was a big winner, returning to ACC's oh, yeah. most improved player, Jordan Nora. Who I love. <clears throat> I love a big guy who can shoot like him. Um, and he'll, get, he'll get you a rebound. I, I think he's going to be a good NBA player, but I – Man, he could be a monster next year, I think, for Louisville. Average 17 points, 7.6 rebounds, 
Stephen Enoch's coming back too. And then they got Samuel Williamson coming in. Tell me about Samuel as a recruit. Um, he can play versatile, small forward type. Um, do a lot of different things. Uh, towards the end of his senior year, shooting the ball well. Um, smart player. You know, just an all-around skilled player who's got some athletic pop to him. Needs to build his body up some for the next level and then levels. But I, I expect him to be a, definitely a contributor, if not a little more. Louisville's really quickly turned things around under Chris Mack. Yeah, well, it's Louisville, you know. <laughs> I, I agree. Chris Mack's a great coach. I, I like him as a person, great guy. Doing a great job, but, I mean, that that's a great job, a great basketball program. You know, I'm not surprised at all. Let me put it that way. Um, I mean, it, it felt like – Rick Pitino was, you know, tried to do everything he could to. I know he wasn't intentionally hurting the program, but just look at the crazy stuff that that went down. But Louisville's tough to take down. I think I kind of forgot. I guess what I meant by that was with the circus that was Louisville. Yeah, I forgot. Like that was a sleeping Dude. giant, a year away from being awoken. Yeah, it happened quickly, or it's happening quickly. I, you know, I don't think they were exactly where they wanted to be last year, but showed signs, flashes. They couldn't finish games. I mean, that's what I remember. I mean, obviously that Duke game, yeah. but there were other games. It seemed like every time I turned Louisville on, man, they're looking great. They're looking great. <laughs> and then, whoa, it doesn't end up so great. But um, they could have a monster year this coming year. Saying the Bluegrass State, Kentucky has to be a perceived winner. Although – you really didn't think EJ Montgomery or Nick Richards had any business going to the NBA. And we discussed that in our stay or go segment of the podcast after the Cates were bounced out of the NCAA tournament. But alas, they both kind of took that decision up to the deadline. And in fact, at one time, EJ Montgomery, a former top 10 recruit was rumored to be leaning toward the NBA. He's coming back crowded front court, as you said. It's going to be interesting because I think these guys now have a lot more pressure on them. And Nick nor EJ have ever been huge producers. You know, they, they've kind of always been in that category of look at that potential, you know, flashes of, of goodness, of greatness. And now, now they're viewed as NBA guys who came back. <laughs> and the Kentucky <laughs> fans are going to want something. But then, you know, you got um, you got other freshmen coming in, transfers coming in. Um, there's going to be a lot of competition for playing time at Kentucky, and that's exactly what Coach Calipari wants. I mean, that's kind of what they sell. Yeah, Nate Sestina coming in from Bucknell. He's immediately eligible. I think it's going to be an interesting year for, for Calipari. I'm excited about that because this is one of the rare years when he gets to blend a talented freshman class with a slew of returning players, however good they are, honestly remains to be, to be seen. But Ashton Hagen's coming back. Emmanuel Quickly's coming back. Now you've got Richards and Montgomery. So he doesn't he doesn't get to have the uh, October through January excuse of these guys are so young. Just, <laughs> All right. Kind of figure, trying to figure His it out. His favorite halftime speech. Yeah, but, um, yeah, expectations are going to be extremely high. It, it will be interesting to watch because we know how serious Kentucky fans are. And I think, I think expectations are out the roof for this coming team. And I haven't really made a judgment yet, but – I have a pretty good feeling they're not going to be quite the juggernaut 
that the fan base is going to expect right off the bat. What do you think they might be missing? I don't know yet. I don't know that they're necessarily – well, I mean, Nick Richards and EJ Montgomery are really good prospects. But what have they done? I mean, you know, what have they averaged? What, what's the production? So they need to take it up a level, and we just don't know. Um, what's the Bucknell transfer going to give you? Some of the freshmen, you know, is Keon Brooks really ready? If you look at his body, I mean, he's skinny as can be. Um, I love Khalil Whitney. And Maxie. The guard situation looks great. So I'm not saying they're missing anything. I guess the big thing would be let's see what EJ and Nick do. And I think they've placed a lot of pressure on themselves, and that's probably good. I'm sure Coach Calipari loves it, and I'm sure he's had similar talks with him. He's like, all right, you're coming back. You better get in that gym and work and work and get in the weight room and build yourself up um, because this is a huge year. Because just think about it, even especially it's big for Kentucky, but for those players personally, you, you, you toy with the draft and then you don't enter the draft you really need to show something that next year or the NBA is going to be like, what's the deal here? After look, you watch Nick, uh, EJ Montgomery over the years. What do you think Jerry is at this point, a possible ceiling in college? Like what, what is the best case EJ Montgomery look like in college? Well, basketball? I don't know. I mean, the, what concerns me about EJ and Nick, you know, anytime I hear the term, you know, he just needs to put it together. You know, he's, he's got these skills. He just needs to put it together consistently. You know, you know those terms we hear, get more consistency to his game. Put it together is the big one. That, that's a kind of a red flag to me because why isn't it together? And, and how does it get together? Because we're, we're in that realm there of basketball IQ and competitiveness, you know, sort of the fiber, the glue that holds a player's game together. You follow what I'm saying? And I'm, I think that's tough to improve. And I don't exactly count on that improving with a player. So that, that that's my concern. I mean, yeah, you say EJ shoot 23 pointers. There's a good chance it's going to look pretty good. You know, EJ, how high can you jump? EJ, how fast can you run? <clears throat> you know, EJ, let's do – okay, we're going to work on making passes. You know, you're going to make a backdoor pass. You're going to hit this guy, pop – you know, like practice stuff. And, and he's going to execute that stuff. And he's going to, now, now let's play the game. And blending all that together and having it come out, you know, seamlessly and with ease and to be able to read the game, you know, be more than just a functionary player, uh, that's – and that that's the step those guys have to make, and that can be you know, it's a dicey step. Hopefully, for his sake, he he sees Kentucky as a, oh yeah, they're a winner here, and he sees his photo plastered all over college basketball websites. And he goes, okay, I got to be the guy, so I'll get in the gym and be the guy. Well, right, but it ain't so easy. <laughs> I can sit there and say that. We can all say that. You know, you got to do it. I'm just saying that is a monumental task like it's it's not like man i gotta improve my outside shot you get what i'm saying yeah. it's not like i gotta improve one certain skill or area it's again that phrase put it all together and i'm not saying it doesn't ever happen but that, that would be my concern you know back to like what might kentucky be missing yeah 
We're gonna take a quick ad break, hear a message from our sponsors. When we return, we're gonna talk about RJ Hampton. We're gonna talk about Memphis taking a slight blow. We're gonna talk about the demise of LSU might have been greatly exaggerated. Stay tuned. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Jerry, last, last time we recorded, you got me really excited about Memphis because of John Tucker. Yeah. Uh, the guard. And I was like, okay, if he comes back, because he was transferring but also waiting in the NBA, if he comes back, I'm locking them in. As a May Final Four pick, sure enough, Rajon Tucker is not coming back. And that kind of was maybe like the the piece that puts it all together for Memphis. Would have been huge. <clears throat> you know, it might still all be together, <laughs> back to that phrase. Rajon Tucker's a beast. I mean, I think he would have come in there, been the best player, leading scorer, build the team around him, all that. And – and that's why he's staying in the draft. I think he's an incredible talent. I mean, just really quickly, I think I talked about it on an older podcast, but I remember scouting him in high school, just an uber athlete, um, great strength, explosive off the floor. I love the fact he's a great two-foot jumper and one-foot jumper. Um, the skill set wasn't quite there. Maybe it was a put-it-all-together thing, but part of it was he just didn't have the outside shot. And the ball handling was a little shaky. You know, he'd been one of those guys that had played mainly in the interior uh, coming up because he was just so strong and athletic. But, boy, during his college career, he has really refined his skill set and, and been that go-to alpha, just take over a game type player. Our Memphis 24-7 site is looking at the impact of Tucker not coming to Memphis and, and mentions DJ Jeffries, yeah. number 48 freshman in the country mm-hmm. as a guy who would now probably assume a starting role. Tell me a little bit about Jeffries. He'll play more. Yeah, I think, you know, this is an extremely loose comparison. Um, but think of like an older Paul Pierce. And I say that because Jeffries – Like the guy making ridiculous statements on ESPN or like the late <laughs> – uh, No, the, the player um, – Paul Pierce towards the end of his career when he wasn't as athletic. His DJ's, you know, he's a good athlete, but he's, he's not, he's not going to wow you with that. But he, he just has a, sort of a silky offensive game. Yeah, we're moving back and forth. He's got a little wiggle for a, you know, basically a combo forward. I, I, he'll probably play a lot of four at Memphis, I would think. Do you call that like old man game or like yeah, yeah. Jerky, jerky or like? Yeah, he's got that. He's it's got that nice little feel. He doesn't have to be wide open to score. Yeah, I love all those terms. Yeah, I um, know you. When you say Paul um, Pierce, I think everyone kind of right. knows. Like I'm mean. not going to waste too much energy, and yeah. I don't have. You know, Larry Bird had it. I don't have to be the quickest. 
I don't have to get wide open. You know, he has a very good touch, a very good shooter. And so, again, I don't want anyone to think he's going to be as good as Paul Pierce. I'm just describing a type of player. Like you said, old man game or whatever. Right. That's kind of old man game. Like, I remember, you know, I don't play anymore, but in my mid, you know, early 40s, mid 40s, when I'm playing pickup, I'm not going to expend any more energy than I need to. Right. Uh You know, I've been playing ball long enough that I don't have to be wide open, you know, just as long as I can get that shot off and I take care of myself, I think I can make it. Well, you get a sense of that uh, with Jeffries in his game. And so he's not the same position as Tucker, but, yeah, it's going to open up playing time for him. Would you still assume Memphis is allowed to have sky-high expectations? Or is this- I, I mean, they, they should be good, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they should be really good. Um, but he was going. Ray John Tucker was going to be their best player. In my, I would think so. Or I at mean, least, in the I think, sense of I like, think, I think he's a killer dude. <laughs> I mean, I think the guy is really, really good. Yes, I would expect him. I, if he if he goes to Memphis, I'm going to predict he's leading scorer. So yes. And then they, you know, they were kind. Of, and then the the R.J. Hampton thing toyed yeah. with the Memphis we can dive fans. Into that. Let's dive into that. Yeah, sure. We can segue into it. Well, so. Yes, Memphis has the number one class, I believe. Are they still yes. they're at number one, yes. right? But it's not that, oh, my God, number one class that we were kind of toying There's with. Because we're thinking, well, we're thinking R.J. Hampton and, and Tucker is a part of it. It's and a few what ifs. So they don't have that. But, yeah, the R.J. thing. Were you, um, were, when I did, was not surprised because okay. I'd been hearing. When did we start? When did you start hearing that? This was maybe going to happen. Um, was it like not? I don't like mean maybe like even before date. he reclassified. Okay. I mean, I would say, you know, a few weeks, month, maybe. You know, I can't, I can't precisely date it, but the talk was out there, and I had, a, I have a pretty good source that was tied in with his camp, and it was known that that was a real possibility. Now, what threw me off a little was the. Um, ESPN announcement thing Mm -hmm. because it seemed a little odd that he would announce you know to not you know to to forego college and to play overseas uh, in a venue like that but now that I look back at that that was a dumb assumption for me to make I mean it's just precedent it's always been a school why not you know make you know (laughs) obviously they they had things planned out and um, wanted to make a splash so yeah, but, so he's going to the New Zealand Breakers, yeah, the uh, in Australia. And they still haven't released his contract. No, I was they? just looking. I find no. that interesting. It was reported I don't, I don't that he turned down one million uh, in China. In China. I'm going to ask you possible. This. I mean, what what did Moutier made what eight hundred thousand? I think he was in that range in China. It's possible. Um, yeah, one point two. I'm going to ask you this. You're probably going to get annoyed because you've probably heard this all week on the radio. And is this a is I, I kind of I think I kind of know where you're going to go with it. Mm-hmm. Is this a is this going to become a trend? No, I, I I don't get that. And you probably thought I was going to say that. I did because it's just one guy. So like we have to like look on our hand and name the others: Jeremy Tyler, Moutier, Moutier, Brent Jennings. Jennings, and they're. 
Terrence Ferguson. Terrence Ferguson's level. So those guys were like even that's, academic that's issues big, too. Well, either that. It was very much speculated academic issues or eligibility issues. Um, with all of them, I believe. Jeremy Tyler skipped his senior year in high school. In fact, that that was a while back. But, yeah, I mean, I mean, whatever you mean by a trend. Like, yeah, someone might do it next year. I don't know if that makes it a trend. Um, maybe two, but I don't. I think most most of these guys want to play in college. Well, I find this one a little interesting, but I, I found their quotes interesting because they matched what I've been telling you or we've been talking about here in the podcast that there is a shift. This is definitely a trend psychologically. We'll see how it manifests. But college is a stepping stone. I mean, obviously. The, whole, the one and done rules created that or been a big part of that. And so, you know, reading the quotes were interesting, especially from his dad that, you know, RJ's dreams always been to be a professional, to be an NBA player. He's never looked at college as a thing in itself. It's always just been a stepping stone. I mean, almost literally was using yeah. those words, which is, you know, what I've known to be true just because I'm around these guys out scouting them. Yeah, the veil has been pulled back. Yeah, that's a good way to put and, it. And and I, I find it funny how some people are like offended by it, and then some people are like worried about college basketball in this regard. Well, the and they may be gun rules going to change soon anyway. Well, right, and they maybe should be worried about college basketball because I don't see how it can stay as is, you, or stay as we know it or have known it to be. Just our society has changed so much, and yeah, I mean there's going to be some changes. You and I kind of have different, I think, perspectives on what we want from college basketball. You you don't mind the one and done. You don't mind like one year of Zion. I think at this point, if we're going to get 200-whatever players entering the draft, even if they come back, if we're going to get top recruits going to New Zealand, if we're going to get these – most of us, Jerry, don't watch these kids in high school, so we suddenly every October have to learn yeah. like – so that's a good point. New names. Yeah. I'd rather just like, man, just go pro if you want, right out of high school. Let's get you guys in for three years. So, well, you know, I'm on that side too. But you bring up a great point, right? You you haven't been watching them like I have. That's why pro comparisons are so valuable. That's like yeah. like every November, I'm like, hey Jerry, like who does Scalabissier yeah. compare to? Because it's impossible to right. be like, and who that's am I watching? Yeah, and some scouts, you know, act like they're philosophically and morally opposed to <laughs> doing comparisons and, and you know you always get the tw twitter grief can you just let the guy be the guy you know why does he have to be this or that because i'm trying to educate and help the public guys like trey scott who are interested but they haven't been out scouting yeah. and watching they want to just they want a comparison what I, yeah like it always you, baffles me how people are offended by that like if you, you know? say someone sows Gasol, i'm not saying oh wow he's going to be a hall of famer I'm right now but i know he's Offensively skilled, right. low post player, Boom. probably has a mid range shot. And that's right. It. That's why our scouting reports are good for yeah. a little plug a little for plug. the site. Yeah. On our, our player profiles are great at 24 7 Sports. And, you know, we've done the, we're doing scouting reports now. So then you get some nuances on the guy and then a comparison. And, and you're right. It's like t talking about uh, Paul Pierce with DJ Jeffries. Everyone calm down. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about a style of play, a type of play. And then if I think he could be as good as him, I'll You'll tell you that. Yeah. And I'll say, yeah, he's a lottery pick. Yeah. But I'm not saying that. I'm just saying he's that style of player. 
I did promise a little bit of an LSU discussion a few sure. months ago. We were one of our first podcasts. We were all in on LSU, very excited about them. Will Wade hits the fan, yada yada, whatever, whatever. He's back. Tremont Waters is gone. So is Naz Reed, and yet Jerry, we obviously know Will Wade's coming back. They just got Tremont Waters, five star. Emmett Williams is coming back. Devontae Smart's coming back. Skyler Mays is coming back. LSU. You mean Trent and Watford, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who did I? You said Tremont. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, Tremont Waters is gone. gone. Trenton Watford's coming right. in. And they got a lot coming back. They got a lot you coming back. You just named it. Yeah. They got a lot coming back. You. They should be really good. You were a big fan of their offense. They had a three-guard lineup. Probably yeah, I loved it the way it worked with them because Naz Reed was so good in that. Yeah. And I think we'll see Trenton Watford. He's not as big as Naz, but play a very similar role as like a big man facilitator. And Watford has some size. I mean, I think he's 6'8", 6'9"-ish. Uh, more of a shooter than Nazri. I'm a big Watford fan. Okay. Um, he's got some Paul Pierce. Yeah. <laughs> Old man to him. Uh-oh. Yeah. Like people, I even wrote this on the LSU board when he committed. I think a lot. I think he's kind of undervalued by the industry because he's not a high flying, electric, explosive, you know, type athlete player. But he's a good athlete. He's strong. He's got what I call functional athleticism. He has athleticism. It doesn't win a dunk contest, but it'll help you win a basketball game. And extremely high IQ player, played for a great high school coach, and a guy who's been mentioned to be a, you know, a top D1 assistant. Uh, Bucky at Mountain Brook is the coach. that um, He knows how to play. He's going to be extremely good. He's going to be ready to play right away. They're bringing um, some of those guards back. I mean, yeah. LSU is going to be very good. And, and then they got have, that sick athleticism. They're going to have a very inside. good chip on their shoulder. Uh, that is true. Mentality. That Will is Wade's true. probably going to milk that for all it's worth as well. Yeah. And it just naturally is there. And he probably won't even have to talk a whole lot about it. But I think the less he talks, the better, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, for sure. I found his press conference interesting. You know, like he talked to the media. Well, what did he say? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even think it was I like mean, worth. He, like he needs to run his, for politics. I mean, yeah. I mean for governor or something. He did a really good job of not really saying anything. Great job of, or of, anything. of saying nothing. <laughs> um, well, that'll that'll do it for us. I do want to encourage everyone to go check this out at twenty four seven Sports. The winners, losers, other winners are Virginia and uh, Kansas. I guess I mentioned Kansas. Uh, losers, Flaherty has Auburn, uh, Georgia. Tennessee is a loser. Virginia is a winner. So go check that out. Jerry, thanks for joining. Uh, we'll do this early next week. I do want to do a uh, how the NBA Finals prospects, how Jerry remembers them as recruits. Uh, yeah, that'll be fun. snuck up on us. So Yeah, uh, that'll be fun. Yeah. And I'll, I'll be in Los Angeles at the Pangos All-American camp. Okay, cool. This weekend, so there'll be plenty to talk about. All right, check you guys later.